You're listening to HSBC Talks Business. Learn how businesses like yours are leveraging a wide range of banking solutions to maximize their success and how HSBC is helping them. Listeners should note that this episode has been recorded remotely, therefore the sound quality may vary. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to our Tomorrow Ready Varies 2021. My name is Juliette Foster. I'm a broadcaster, journalist and also your host for today's event, Transform with Digital. It is a big subject, which is why we have an excellent lineup of speakers on hand to provide valuable insights and discussions to bring our program to life. Start first with Dan Sharp. Now, Dan is the business director from Myris IT Solutions. So, Dan, it's very good to see you. Tell everybody Good morning. what it is you're doing while you're amazing. Good morning. <laughs> Absolutely, definitely are amazing. Um, so, yeah, as you said, I'm Dan Sharp. I'm the business director at Myris. So we're a, a service provider, which I guess a lot of people refer to us uh, as an IT support company. But we're a, a specialist uh, that works with SMBs. So we work with probably 300 customers that range in size between five to 10 people up to about 100. So um, a real stretch of appropriate-sized customers to the audience today. Okay, well, thank you so much for that, Dan. Now, next up, we've got Ruth Brown. Ruth is the Business Development Director from Home Instead. Ruth, it's very good to see you. Same thing. Tell everybody what it is that you do. Yeah, so thank you and good morning, everybody. Um, home Instead are a world-leading home care company. We keep people at home by providing quality-led, uh, relationship-led care um, and enabling people to stay in their own home where they feel most comfortable. Um, and particularly, as we've seen over the last 18 months, that's actually where people want to be. Um, we have 235 franchises across the UK. We've got about 16,000 clients, 12,000 employees. Um, we are a, an international business. We are US-owned and we've got around um, 18 uh, countries in operation now and around 1,800 franchises globally. So you're busy. <laughs> yeah, slightly. <laughs> <laughs> that is the underestimation of the century, slightly. But look, thank you very much for that, Ruth. Finally, we have Roland Emmons. Now, Roland is the head of the technology sector from HSBC. So, Rose, do tell us about yourself, what it is that you do. Maybe Morning. That's a I lead the tech sector for HSBC UK. I'm very honoured, very lucky to get to spend my time with over 400 tech businesses and their leaders, both in the UK and internationally. Everything from very um, driven early stage businesses through to some of our largest uh, UK and international tech firms. And I think I've got one of the best jobs in the bank. Okay, well, look, Roland, thank you so much for that. And in fact, a big thanks to all of you for being here, because I know that you're very, very busy. So we appreciate the fact that you've taken time out of your schedules to be with us. And Dan, I'm afraid you've got the opening question. Are you from your perspective, are there technologies that can make a real difference to small businesses? And what should they be doing to maximise that potential so that they can get the best out of it? I think over the last few years, we've seen a, a huge explosion, as probably everybody's aware, in, in cloud and, and, and apps. That's, you know, there's a huge and vast array of different things that are available for a business. I think people use the words digital transformation a lot. A lot of it is, I guess, focused around a customer experience about making that better or you know, maybe internal communication and collaboration. So I think it's there's all sorts of things that we can do. I guess if I look from our perspective uh, as from a, you know, helping businesses with their IT, I guess Microsoft Office 365 would be 
a huge game changer that we've seen. And I think if you take it from a really simple perspective, I would have thought maybe five years ago that you would run a business potentially without an office going forward. Now, that's only been made possible by the fact that tools such as Office 365 or the Google Cloud suite of products has made that possible through, you know, like we're doing today with video or collaboration on documents. So whether that's, you know, co-authoring of a, of a Word document that is shared between four or five different people, saving it into the cloud so that anybody can edit it online or offline. So I think there's all sorts of tech that can make things better. And I think it's really understanding what you want to get from it and how it helps you or helps your business. Sure. I mean, keep it simple in the very beginning, I guess, is, is the key message. But, Ruth, the bottom line is that it's a huge smorgasbord. We're spot for choice. So from your perspective, what role do you think technology has played in helping you to grow the franchise? And is there a specific technology or range of technologies that have been important, key to maintaining that strategy? Yeah, um, I actually don't think there's a part of our business or operations that doesn't involve technology. I rely heavily on technology from an operational perspective. We have um, a system that allows us to do our scheduling, uh, electronic cut planning, uh, to keep in touch with our caregivers when they're out and about in the community. Um, from the client perspective, we, we have a number of uh, technology solutions that enables our care to even better. So everything from a watch that somebody could wear if they've got dementia, that's got GPS tracking that allows them to go out uh, really and safely through to home instead tablets for us to be able to talk to them. Uh, it's in the home, which has been uh, immensely important, obviously, over the last 18 months when maybe they weren't um, necessarily seeing as many people as they, as they should do or, or, or need to. So technology uh, is critical to our business and, and no doubt will continue to evolve our business as we move forward. It sounds as if it's also really helped to enhance the human side of that business because you talked about dementia patients, the safety, not just for them, but also allaying the concerns of their families, but getting older people as well to feel comfortable using those tablets so that they can communicate with you, bearing in mind as well that there are some people who are still in lockdown because they are still vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think over the last 18 months, to be able to already have that solution in place was, was really fundamental to address social isolation and loneliness. Um, we were able to, uh, the Home Instead tablet, not just from a um, perspective, but also from a, a, a mental stimulation perspective. We, we work with an organisation called Orca, who recommend apps within health and social care, and we're able to put those on the Home Instead tablet. Uh, part of those uh, applications are everything from puzzles, brain training, through to how to how to look after yourself if you've maybe got Parkinson's and things like that. So it's a full wraparound service uh, that's essential over the last 18 months for us. And clearly one which also addresses the mental health challenge as well. And let's bring Roland into the conversation because, you know, during the pandemic, we saw an incredible acceleration in the volume of digital transformation. And we saw how many businesses seized the moment and the, the difference it made to their operations. But what were some of the key trends or changes that you saw and that you were able to gauge? Digital transformation is one of these things that's it's a massive uh, set of phrases that, that means different things to different people. But but fundamentally, it, it's about reimagining a business in a, in a digital way, modifying your existing processes using digital tools to help you support your systems, your process, and, and ultimately your customers. Uh, look at things that are supporting that digital transformation change. It, it's stuff like, like Dan and Ruth have already talked about, cloud, mobile, internet of things, smart sensors. 
I mean, one of the, the really easy ways of thinking about it is, is our car tax. In the old days, we used to go to the post office with a bundle of paperwork and uh, we come out with a tax disc that we stuck in the windscreen of our car so that the police could tell we've taxed our vehicles. Now it's all done electronically. You're at electronic MOT. Your taxes uh, uh, is pulled from uh, insurance databases and, and you've got AMPR cameras that check whether you're, you're taxed or not or whether you drive on the road. I mean, you don't need to just think of digital transformation around large firms. One of my mates runs a small building business and, and during lockdown, they transitioned from producing all of their, their timesheets uh, on soggy bits of paper that ended up in the office on a Friday to using a mobile phone app where everybody, all the builders had that and they geolocated them. So he knew where they were, when they'd started work, when they claimed they'd started work or whether they were somewhere else. And all of the time, the time information just immediately went straight into their accounting process and, and the system paid them. And that saved a load a load of energy and a load of time and to me that's a classic example of digital transformation so it's around it's around simplicity and speed so if you look at what what happened during covid there were probably three or, or i'm probably going to say now there were four phases there was the first phase of the the omg or, or what is actually going on phase as people trying to work out what on earth is happening then people started to understand phase two around what the new rules were and how their world was evolving and then by the back end of last year, most businesses had transitioned into business as usual. And now I'm almost seeing a fourth phase where people are starting to think about, okay, a lot of what we've done over the last 12, 15 months has been very um, critical, very reactive to what's going on in the world. How do I want to transition that into a more strategic and longer term view? And, and sort of summarise some of the themes that are going on, which has already been touched upon. I think agility and speed of change is probably the biggest thing that's come out through COVID. Every business owner, every business should give themselves a massive pat on the back because they've just come through one of the biggest periods of change ever. Uh, it's just foisted upon us completely unexpectedly. And that's a massive, massive thing to have come through that well. I think people are looking very long and hard now about what, what does the future look like in terms of ways of working, how we work, how we collaborate and, and what are the tools out there for us. So not so much about the tech, because I think others are better uh, to talk about that, particularly Dan and Ruth, but more about the big themes that are going on and how society is changing. I mean, what fascinates me, Dan, is how everything which, which underpins what Roland told us was that phrase he used, reimagining a business. I want you to hold that thought and apply it to this question, because how can or should businesses actually evaluate technology solutions to decide whether they really are right for them because that's the point that we've changed the way that we do things has changed there is no turning back we have to reimagine absolutely and i think a lot of it is is looking at your business and understanding the needs that you've got or all the needs that your customer have got and adapting to that change because you know you could make a change for the sake of some new shiny tech that's out there but actually it, it, it either makes things more complicated or more difficult for you and your customers. So therefore, the point of any kind of technology adoption, I think, is to make life better, whether that's efficiency within your own business or, as I said, the, the ease of the ability of a customer to do business with you. I think evaluating tech is now very difficult because there are so many individual bits out there. Um, it's, it, as we mentioned before, there's such a vast array of apps and different solutions. I think it, it's looking at what other people are doing, look at what your competitors are doing, look at what related businesses are doing. You know, from me personally, and, and whilst I think one of the more difficult things of the last 18 months or so is not being able to talk to our competitors at industry events to what they're doing, because it, it's, it's, it's very easy to be insular. Actually, what you need to be is kind of more outward looking and see what's available so that you can try and take that 
ideas and thoughts back into your business and how you change your business. So, you know, from my own perspective, very much looking out to get looking forward to getting out to seeing um, people that do similar things to us because one's got 100% of the right answers. So we're, we're very much always trying to get a better perspective of what's going on and what people are doing and what they're seeing in the marketplace. Yeah, and that's a really good point as well, because we, because we have been restricted in our movements, we haven't had the trade fairs, etc. so it's very hard to have that interaction. But Ruth, let me bat it over to you, because the point that Dan was making is that evaluating technology is really, really hard. So how, given that, how is it that you go about introducing new technologies to your business so that you can determine which ones really are absolutely viable and will make a difference, not just for the now, but going forward? Yeah, so... I think the first thing that we always do is to really understand the client needs and the family needs um, and also to understand what operational needs are in the office. Once we've identified that, um, with a franchise model, it's particularly hard to embrace change and, and push change through. Um, you have to really more inspire rather than tell. Um, and technology, uh, you know, when, when you're trying to embed new technology within uh, an organisation, particularly within social care, you've got to get all stakeholders on board. And, and, and part of that um, is about explaining the why. Why are we doing it? How is it going to make your role more efficient? And how are we going to be able to provide better care to our loved ones and the, and the, and the clients? So um, I think the explaining of the why, I think the other thing that we always would do is we always speak with one voice. We always have a very clear roadmap about how that's going to be rolled out and how we're going to embed that change. And I think the other key thing for us is, is about finding pioneers, people that really embrace technology first and, and really want to get on board and, and then use those pioneers to it to enable them to coach and mentor other people within the organisation to actually embrace that piece of technology. But I think that the answer really for me is always understanding why are you doing it? Why are you choosing that piece of technology and how is it going to either enhance the lives of the clients or enhance the, the role of the people that are working for you? Which is often a, uh, something which, a very simple point, point of advice, but it's often something which some businesses overlook because there is this fear that if you don't embrace a particular piece of technology that you're going to get left behind, but it might actually be the wrong technology to seize upon in the first place. But, but Roland, look, when we see what is happening, it's often referenced in the context of a new industrial revolution. So given that, what is Industry 4.0? And what makes it relevant to SMEs in the UK? Why should they sit up and take notice? Gosh, uh, I mean, the fourth industrial revolution is the concept that, that data is going to determine how the world changes. So instead of at the moment where we use data to make the decision, data will be the decision maker for us. Uh, effectively, there'll be a much greater degree of automation. If you look back through history, approximately every 100 years, industrial revolutions have happened. Uh, it, until recently and, and probably the computer or the third revolution happened about 1970s so we're only maybe 50 years in from that pace of change is changing i think the industrial revolution or the fourth industrial revolution is a, is a fantastic thing to think about at the moment because we have seen so much change during covid uh, a lot of talk about covid accelerating existing trends that were already there and, and i fundamentally believe that but to, to make businesses or to allow businesses to, to achieve and succeed through the changes that we're living with, they've got to make sure they continue to be relevant. So people can get, get fixated, let's say, on, on the technology and the, and the flashing lights and the bit of software and sort of forget some ways, what are they trying to achieve? What's the relevance to their market? 
you know, classic example of that. So Kodak were the first people to come up with digital cameras and, and uh, digital photography, and they decided not to use it, not to develop it, because it was going to ruin their existing cost model of, of selling films and developing it. That's a classic example of, of focusing on the wrong thing. And I think that's that's something people have to keep very front of mind as we transition through. And I, and I fundamentally believe we are living through the fourth industrial revolution at the moment. Yeah, I mean, Dan, is does that tally with you? I mean, do you feel that we're actually going through a really extraordinary journey, something which perhaps we talked about loosely in the past, but there's a sense that it really has been accelerated. I mean, even if you can't put a name to it, the fourth industrial revolution, do you feel that we are in the grip of something which is perhaps a bit head spinning and that's putting it mildly? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you roll back to the start of when the kind of everybody must work from home, if I, if I look at hours the service we provide to our clients you think the amount of tickets that we suddenly receive from everybody i need to work from home you know and suddenly you people didn't realize that they didn't actually hadn't looked forward enough of how they were going to change and, and i guess nobody foresaw that that change was going to be needed so quickly but we're very quickly rushing people down a world of you know secure secure vpn connections or getting them into cloud-based solutions like Office 365 as quickly as we possibly could. So the, the way that our clients work and interact with us has dramatically changed in the last 18 months. And, and if I'm honest, I can't see it going backwards. If you think just simply we were very much an office-based business before, I can't see us being an office-based business in the future because I very struggle with the concept that we're going to get people to come to the office five days a week now, having been working from home for the last... 15 months uh, and, and working very effectively from home. So absolutely a huge change and, and something I don't think we'll come back from either. Right. So if, since we are on this upward trajectory, we can't get off this track. How should small businesses actually go about bringing new technology into their structures and really making sure that they get the full benefits? Because there is the danger that if they don't harness this, they're going to get left behind. And that's when it becomes the survival of the fittest. Yeah, I think as, as both Ruth and Roland have said, I, it, it's focusing either on the need for that change uh, is the first point. You know, is it for a customer or is it for internal process? But uh, as Ruth said, that kind of making the change is kind of the first easy part. The adoption of it is is almost the, the secondary part that people sometimes ignore. And, and I think we, we've all been guilty a bit of that in the past. We've seen something new and shiny and thought, well, that would be cool bought it and then it, it just sits there and doesn't actually do anything whereas the biggest part of any kind of technology change I think is really that adoption and focusing on you know driving the use to the maximum of that tool because I keep referring back to because Office 365 because it's obviously centered to a lot of what we do but Microsoft are rolling more and more and more tools out to that package all the time so therefore there's all little bits of free things that you can get. So Microsoft Forms is a really simple, really basic way that you can create forms, you know, no coding. I, I'm even able to do it that, you know, you can use for your business. But, and I come back to it, it's that driving adoption, getting some people that are really going to help you push that throughout your business is actually really key. Mm. And, and let's stay with that concept about getting people to drive, to drive these changes through because, Ruth, you, you referenced this when you were talking about having mentors, having people who are really, really dynamic. Now, in terms of the challenges that you face when you're trying to make significant technology changes, I mean, surely one of those key things is actually finding the right 
people. In fact, James talked at the very beginning, well, near the beginning of his presentation, about the need for reskilling. And it's not just firms actually reskilling, but they need governments to get on board as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, if, if we were to identify our two biggest challenges, I would say it would be mindset and fear of change. Uh, and, and quite often when you're trying to ask somebody to change what they do every day and they've been doing it for the past five years and to start to use something that's brand new, maybe they've got a fear of technology, uh, can be quite daunting. So we've spent a lot of time really understanding how can we shift mindset, uh, but also what training do we need to offer all levels of our stakeholders, whether that's our clients all the way through to our franchise owners and people at our national office here. What training do we need to give them to, to give them confidence and desire to want to actually embrace technology and I think until you've actually kind of addressed that you, you'll particularly in organizations as large as ours you will struggle to actually roll out uh, and, and, and embed new technology so we've identified different organizations within social care that actually train stakeholders about getting rid of that fear of change and rid of rid of the fear of technology because actually technology does enhance our lives and does enhance what we do. And it is quite extraordinary that a lot of people have a fear of technology and yet we use it every day. We incorporate it into our lives. If you're actually doing your shopping on Amazon or whatever, you're using technology. You may not be responsible for installing the system, but you're using it. So I guess it's trying to overcome that gap. But, but look, Roland, it's obviously something which you yourself have come across in your work and when you talk to businesses, but as well as dealing with the fears that people have about technology, what are the other trends that small businesses need to be looking out for in the coming years because there is no room for complacency on this. Yeah, so just to pick up on the point that Ruth made about engaging with with your team. So so human beings from a deeply psychological basis uh, are, are quite simple. We're interested in stuff that's gonna benefit us or stuff that's gonna hurt us or stuff that we're interested in. So if you can if you can achieve one or more of those two things, probably not the threat piece. Uh, if you can benefit people and you can get their attention and, and interest them, they're more likely to engage with you on it. And if you look at uh, you look at tech trends, so try and answer the question, you've got the, the huge piece of around environmental, social and governance, ESG and sustainability that's going on at the moment. And I think that's a big pull and push factor and that it's a great opportunity for people to differentiate themselves in terms of their, their customers and also with their teams uh, and with their products. I think that's quite an interesting thing. I think there is a there's a commonality of agreement across certainly the UK tech sector that what's got you here is probably not the same thing that's going to allow you to succeed in the future. So I think people do need to think about uh, new products and innovation. But we're also in this fantastic place where there's this great tech democratization going on or, or tech leveler where you can rent capabilities off, off the likes of Microsoft or off the other hyperscalers, the Amazon, the Googles, or you can use software as a service where you're having a particular bit of software which you're using on a consumption-based model. I mean, if you look at more broadly, you've got industrial IoT. So these are smart sensors. And I think that's going to be a massive, massive change where you can you can lift motor, for example, instead of an engineer going and servicing it periodically every three or six months, you can put a couple of sensors on it that will report on the amount of power it's using and how much heat it's generating. And then you can transition to proactive maintenance on it because it's, the data is, says that actually this service, this lift is about to fail. People won't get stuck in it. I think that trend that that sort of wearable smart sensors piece transitions into the nhs as well and then more fundamentally across every part of the business as dan said you've got cloud and mobile 
we've got the increasing cyber risks and, and some of the stuff that, that the cloud providers can give you, give you protection on that. They give you instant backup. They give you remote access. They're cheaper and they're more flexible. But I think we should not forget the human being part of all of this of, you know, let's not get overexcited by the technology. Let's make sure we understand what are we trying to achieve? What's the pain point we're trying to solve? And if you can do that and deliver um, a product or a service that solves that pain point, whether that's internally or externally, you're going to be successful. Mm, which is clearly something which, which you did successfully, Ruth, because you know people talk about, oh, the robots are taking everything over. But what, what your business model demonstrates is that actually, no, we have a compatibility with technology. We worked out what the pain points are that helped us to deal with this and at the same time really tighten the relationship with our clients, the people who need us. Absolutely. I think one of the things that we uh, are very passionate about is about uh, keeping our personalised service. So technology um, has basically freed up more time for us to be a person with our clients. So we're not no longer having to do paper care plans. We're not no longer having to gather paper care plans and take them to an office and file them. It's all uh, done remotely and all stakeholders can see that whenever they want to see it. But that kind of efficiency enables us to really do what we do really well, which is about looking after people. So technology has enabled us to free our time and be more efficient and, and do a better job, um, if, if I'm honest. Absolutely. And it means that you're all able to join me here. So it's a win-win really, isn't it? <laughs> but look, guys, thank you so much for this part in this and sharing your wisdom, from which I'm sure we will all benefit. Have a great day. Thanks to all of you. Thank you for joining us for HSBC Talks Business. To learn more about anything you heard today, please visit business.hsbc.com.